Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone, and happy St. Patrick's Day, if you um, celebrate such things. According to my 23andMe and Ancestry.com, I am 59.6% British and Irish, so I have plenty of reason to celebrate today. I got enough Irish in there. Um, I don't know if you've ever taken one of those tests, but they are pretty cool. They even break down like the exact regions in the UK and Ireland that you come from. And I believe that Galway is in there. So anywho, um, despite all that, I don't make like any of the classic Irish things, beef and barley stew. I don't like beef. I don't really like barley and I don't like stew. Um, In fact, when I was a kid, I would seek out a friend's house for dinner as an alternative when my mom was making stew. But I am wearing my lucky socks. I I looked down and surprised myself by already putting green on. And I have some great four-leaf clover socks to wear late, l- later because, um, well, I don't really want to get pinched. And I think that's like how it works or something. Fortunately for you, I am not here to talk about my ancestral composition, nor leprechauns, neither of which I know very much about. I am actually here to touch base with you, my wonderful listeners, and talk to you about um, self-care and routines and things like that. So we're going to get to that in a second, but if you are new here, I want to take a moment to welcome you. As you heard in the introduction, I'm Emily, your host, and I always try to do my best to ensure that you enjoy your time by regaling you with stories, giving you something hopefully inspirational to chew on, and um, hopefully letting you in on some good conversations with our guests as well. I actually heard from a listener recently that she was listening to another podcast, and it was so much information and so much um, like FOMO, I want to say, invoking that she laid on her floor after listening and like felt paralyzed and didn't know what to do with herself after taking it all in. So this show is not that. Um, There are definitely some people that come on and give a lot of information and tips and tricks and things, but I never want you to feel overwhelmed by what you're hearing. I, I believe that we can do this journey and have fun while doing it. And I also believe that you have to start where you are and take little small steps to get to where you want to go. So that's kind of the um, manifesto, if you will, of this podcast. And one thing that might be reassuring to you is that uh, unlike a lot of podcasters, I'm kind of like right there in the trenches with you. So if you're not new here, uh, thanks for continuing to show up despite knowing what you're in for with me. I really, really appreciate you listening. So let's dive in on that note. Every month in the She Built This VIP group, we focus on a theme. And this month in March, it is self-care. So what I've been trying to do with the podcast is kind of tie the theme in uh, with what we're doing in there too, because that just helps me to structure everything in a month so that it all flows nicely. Um, If you listened last week, you had a chance to hear my guest, Nicole Saunders. She really talked to us about designing a business around your personality and what that means for you. And I love that 
as it relates to self-care because I believe that self-care begins with self-awareness and knowing thyself. Um, I have a little story for you. In 2019, Jason, my husband and I had just finished closing down our retail shop and we were like probably six or seven months into our newly established lives. And we you know, the retail shop was stressful in a different sort of way. And so we were unwinding from a lot of that stress and our bodies were like relearning to be calm and relaxed. Well, meanwhile, while I'm trying to unlearn that, my new business was actually causing me a lot of stress. I was really busy and overwhelmed and taking on a lot of things that didn't exactly bring me joy, which I think, you know, a lot of times we have to do in the beginning. Um, And I was also helping to plan this big, big event. And it was like just bowling me over to be a part of this planning process. So Jason and I had decided that we were going to do a weekend staycation for our anniversary. And on that Saturday, it actually started on Thursday, but I didn't like really admit it until Saturday. I started feeling really funny. Like I started feeling dizzy and nauseous. And I remember getting really, really hot like right after we had had dinner. Um, But I sort of ignored it and didn't give it much thought until later that night or Sunday morning, I woke up with like this stabbing pain in my right side. And I still like I was researching, you know, your appendix bursting and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my God, this is definitely it. But I didn't want to go to the hospital in the middle of the night. So I just waited until the next morning. Um, The next morning, we had a lovely Sunday brunch of IVs and blood work because we did have to go to the emergency room. And they essentially told me that I had ignored an infection to the point where it was not like good for my body. So this was a catalyst for me, this moment. This is when I first started to um, really explore self-care and beginning with self-awareness because my body was giving me clues. It was telling me things and I was just kind of ignoring it because I didn't want to slow down. So there was, I had pain before that Saturday, but I just completely like, pushed it away and kept on going. And so that experience, it taught me a lot about how gently I actually need to treat myself. I think it's really important to know yourself and what kind of person you are. Some of us need to be a little bit gentler. And Casey Matthews, she actually really helped me. She was my coach um, for the past six months in taking the self-care awareness, like a level further. And so she really taught me how to dig in and ask myself what I need and then honor and respect that need. And so that's why I say that self-care begins with self-awareness because it begins with asking yourself what you need. Now, mind you, this is not always what you think you need. It's not always the thing on the top of your head, you know, like, oh, I need another cup of coffee. Sometimes it's getting these answers requires you to actually get quiet and dust off some of the layers and dig deeper. It's not always a bubble bath and a glass of champagne or a shopping spray or a piece of chocolate and Netflix. And sure, maybe sometimes that is exactly what you need, but sometimes self-care is not always the easy thing to do. You know, it's it's not just reaching for something quick and easy to fill your needs. And it's certainly not numbing out the feeling or experience 
that's kind of just masking what's underneath, what's really, really underneath. So yeah, I don't, you know, I've been thinking about it and like, it's just so important that we don't replace true rest with like just a bigger cup of coffee. And instead we really feel what we're feeling. We ask questions, we get curious about why we're feeling different ways, emotionally and physically, and um, go from there to start talking to your body and discovering what it needs. And I don't, I hope this doesn't sound too like crazy out there. Um, I'm learning this process. And for me, it's been really small steps at a time because I was that person that said, oh, my body doesn't speak to me when really it was just because I, I wasn't quiet enough to listen. So, and you know, I know that sometimes when rest is what we need, you you sometimes have to implement a series of decisions before you can get there. It's like very small steps. So sometimes you have to take time to clear your calendar off or the day that you get to book out for yourself is a week in advance. And then from there, you can start to make decisions to, you know, put rest into your schedule. I bet if you are like me, you have said yes to commitments that you regret because it, when it actually comes up, when it's time to do it, you're exhausted and you wish that you had said no. I have been there a hundred and fifty thousand times, but as I become more aware of those things and what kind of zaps me, I can better, not perfectly, um, see them coming now and I know to turn them down with a thank you so much for thinking of me because otherwise... I don't have the time for rest that I need. I don't have space and, you know, I just like the next person can fill up my plate with all of the things except for myself. So I think you see where I'm going with this. Um, and I know we are like bombarded with things on the internet, proclaiming these ideas for self-care and they're all great, but it's really important to keep in mind that we all do self-care differently because we're all differently. So if you're looking at those things, trying to fit into someone else's self-care box or um, compare yourself to what they're doing, know that you are so different and the only person that knows how to best care for yourself is you. Some, some people are stressed out by taking a bath. Some people walks in the woods might make them think of the Blair Witch Project. You know, it's just really what makes you feel deeply rejuvenated or what you know is best for your future self, even if that feels hard in the moment. It can be as simple as an extra glass of water in your day. It can be closing your eyes for a few minutes at your desk. It can be shutting your computer an hour early. Or it can be as complicated as trying to walk through the aisles of Walgreens and only buying what you went in there for, which is next to impossible. Trust me. Um, but yeah, without self-care, without rest, we, we really are limiting ourselves in growth because we're too exhausted and then we get burnt out and too tired to think about our own needs and desires. So it's like kind of like a downward spiral or it can be an upward spiral. So I want to encourage you to just think about some ways that you can be really kind to yourself. And you know, when you mess up, which you will, you might just feel like, oh my gosh, I just have to push, push, push myself a little bit harder and beat yourself into submission in some way to get back on track. But that is just so not the right way to do it. Like when you make a mistake, realize you're not perfect, give yourself grace and take the small steps you need to get back on track. One other thing that I've noticed recently is that self-care, it's not just like what we think of. It's not just like um, exercise and sleep and healthy diet. It's really paying attention to 
all of the things in our life, like the sounds that you have surrounding you in life, the people that are in your life, what you take in on social media and TV and how you move your body, even the clothes you wear and your routines, it's all this stuff. So really, it's just about like what things are showing myself love and allowing myself to create a life that makes me feel really good and happy and whenever possible, whenever possible, um, avoiding situations that are just really not a good fit and being okay with that. So my husband recently told me, he's like, you have really great self-care. Actually, I think he said that it couldn't be better. And I do admit I am really, really good at taking care of myself on a surface level of self-care. I sleep amazing. My diet is pretty squeaky clean. In fact, it's like the best it has been for probably 10 to 15 years. Um, I exercise every day and I recently started meditating and journaling too, but I'm not like bragging about my self-care. I'm saying that now the next step that I have to take is kind of going layers deeper and unpacking those. And that for me just means getting really curious and asking questions about what is under there. A lot of times it's an emotion or a feeling that comes up and sometimes it's messy and painful and I would rather just ignore it than face the real music. So that's the piece that I'm working on is um, awareness and self-acceptance. In fact, each month I try to make a personal commitment to myself to work on just one thing, one thing at a time. Um, This month I'm working on being kinder to myself because my inner critic tends to like run amok in my brain and he acts like it's his playground and swings on the monkey bars and all that jazz. So I know this is really tacky and cliche, but I'm just trying to do like something every single day that lets myself know that I I think I'm okay. And sometimes it's a cinch and sometimes it's really, really, really hard. So that's my goal this month. Maybe next month it will be saying sorry because I say sorry like it is going out of style. Um, But I'm, I'm just like kind of taking time to contemplate who I am and then like allow that to be okay with myself, even if it's not what other people want. I, re- I had the recent realization that I have a ton of words, like a ton. I talk a lot. Um, my friend's bet, my friend Beth's dad used to call them. He would say that we had yak attacks instead of conversations. And I do it with writing too. Like I write way too long of social media posts. I worry in my podcast that I talk too much. If you ask me what I am having for dinner, I'll text you like a novel. But I have to remember that that trait isn't like going to leave me anytime soon. So yes, I can find ways to harness the strengths and not allow the weaknesses to sabotage me, but I do have to accept the fact that I have a lot of words. I'm, I am a talker. Um, and you know, I have to be careful not to interrupt people and like wait my turn and think things through before I say them and things like that. So, but my point being, I'm not everyone's cup of tea and neither are you and that's okay. But this is kind of like the piece of self-awareness is just becoming aware of ourselves and like, okay, I'm all right, no matter what. So two big um, aspects of self-care that I want to touch on briefly today. Right after I told you I talked a lot, I'm going to try to be brief here. We'll see how that goes. Um, So the two topics are sleep and routines. 
And then I'm going to tie it all up in a pretty little bow for you with just like that reminder of small steps. So consider this your fast track guide to everything I've touched on in my own life so far in the first quarter of 2021 and with the VIP group. So last week in the She Built This VIP group, Christine Brown, she's the sleep consultant of Bella Luna Family. She and I did a pop-up, a five-day pop-up group in which we talked about all of the ins and outs of sleep and she answered questions and she just gave so much information to the people who participated about how to maximize their sleep and why to maximize your sleep. Christine and I actually met first when I owned um, the mattress store and we had this lovely conversation about sleep and I was like, this girl knows her stuff. Um, So this past year, 2020 to 2021, I have really like learned deeply the importance of sleep and how it's really one of your biggest and most important self-care tools in your toolbox. And it's not like I'm a stranger to the benefits of sleep. I have studied sleep so much in my life in multiple ways. Um, I'm not learning this importance of sleep now. It's just the first time that it's ever actually like stuck with me. So I'm just going to give you my super quick and dirty backstory. I went to college for nutrition and community health because my desire was to be a health educator and teach workshops and do one-to-one coaching. This was all like before health coaches really do what they do today and that stuff didn't, it wasn't like a thing yet. Um, So upon graduating, I worked at a chiropractor's office where I was actually able to teach their four core workshops for their patients, sleep, nutrition, movement, and breath. And it was super scary and super fun at such a young age. And I loved it. Um, but I knew the sleep one like in and out. In fact, I think that was the one I actually taught other people to do for their practices. So then I worked at a mattress store in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I learned even more about sleep. And I also learned about like how important the bedroom environment is and your bedding and things like that. And then my husband and I started our own mattress and bedding store in New Hampshire. So like, I was constantly preaching about the importance of sleep and I was writing blogs about it, social media posts, doing interviews on radio shows and podcasts like I told you with Christine, but all the while I slept like garbage. I had really bad insomnia and I was up like, I hated going to sleep because I was afraid that I was going to wake up and lie there awake for several hours. So sometimes it was anxiety about the next day. I had a lot of morning obligations like B&I and board meetings and just coffee meetings and things like that. Some of it was stress about the store and customers that I would let affect me personally. Some of it was definitely my diet. Some was bedroom environment. There was a whole, you know, I was basically doing everything wrong, even knowing what to do right. So, but that all being said, I just thought, I was a terrible sleeper. Like I got my DNA results back from 23andMe and it says tends to be a light sleeper. And I was like, well, that's it. That's my fate. I tend to be a light sleeper and I'm just going to sleep terribly for my entire life. And this is kind of the part where like knowing yourself comes in because I've sort of like I've noticed and I don't know if this is true for you, but I've noticed that a lot of my um, characteristics have been with me for a really long time. So in college and high school, I, I, I was a sleeper. Like I needed a lot of sleep 
to the point that I was falling asleep everywhere because I just didn't listen to my body. I would try to like stay up too late and wake up too early. And I was like running on fumes all the time. It's like my body knew then that it didn't work. And I'm sure we all did that when we were young, but it just sort of carried over into my adult life that that was normal. Like being bleary eyed the next day was just normal. So despite knowing everything I could possibly know about sleep, well, not everything I could possibly know. I'm, I'm not like a scientist here, but I just I just resigned myself to the fact that I was a person that could not sleep. That was my lot in life. Well, enter 2020. In 2020, I stopped waking up at times that didn't work for me and let my body sleep until it wanted to because the morning meeting stopped and I actually got the opportunity for the first time to build a morning routine that worked for me. And I started to really like look forward to that morning time. So I'm sure you're probably, you've probably read a lot about sleep and, but if you're still in denial, I'll just say that it literally helps every single function of your body. And furthermore, we need like seven hours a night as adults in order for our bodies to really do its thing properly. If you don't believe me and you swear you are the kind of person that can get by just fine with five or six hours of sleep, I really urge you to read Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep book. There are very few people with that superpower, and I actually think that he classifies anything below seven hours as um, sleep deprivation. So just really quickly, it helps you with mood, cognitive function, productivity, health, healthy weight, metabolism, immune health, and those are just like some of the tips of the iceberg of why sleep is so important. It is your number one form, in my opinion, of self-care, the number one gift you can give your body. And that's why I decided to do the sleep pop-up with Christine. So with Christine, we got into why your bedroom environment matters. We got into your nutrition, your movement, the sound, the light, your bedroom and your bedtime and morning routine. It was so fun. Um, And I wanted to share it all with you in this episode, but this episode would be like hours long. There's just so much, but I'm going to give you three easy, easy things you can do right now to start getting better sleep. Number one, make sure you have a great bed and stuff on your bed, like pillows, sheets, all of that matters. If you need a good resource and you're local to New Hampshire, you can check out the clean bedroom in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, It's a very similar store to what my husband and I had, and they just are really committed to giving you like quality bedding with the fabrics that help you to sleep better. So if your mattress and bedding aren't right for you, you know, it can mean that you have trouble falling asleep or getting quality sleep because you're tossing and turning all night. Oh, side note, if you have not tried the no top sheet setup, I highly recommend this move. You know that damn top sheet that goes like between the comforter and your fitted sheet? We got rid of that on our bed and now we just have a duvet and it is heavenly. It's like much better temperature regulation. No more fighting over that sweet, sweet piece of cotton that just ends up at like the bottom of the bed every night and it's just a mess. Um, It didn't solve the problem of me stealing the blankets, but uh, it definitely solved a lot of problems. So if you haven't tried no top sheet, I know a couple of you listeners do it because we've talked about this. It is lovely. Um, So number two, so number one is your bedding. Number two is your bedroom environment. And Christine and I talked about 
what they recommend, which is that it's dark, cool, and comfy. And in your bedroom, like I recommend you just make your bedroom like your haven. Like it should be like your sleep haven, you know? We don't have any computers or phones or lights, TVs, or other electronic devices in our bedroom. And we also use blackout shades. Um, it Try to keep your room cool. Like I know we live in New England and it's chilly, but the best sleeping temperature is between 65 and 67 degrees each night. I may have gotten that slightly off, but I'm pretty sure that's right. So um, I used to sleep in like a full-on parka to stay warm at night. And then I learned that that's not really the best thing for you. It, you have a harder time falling asleep and you also have a hard time staying asleep when it's not cool enough. So we um, didn't used to have the blackout shades. I did not care for it. I think my husband doesn't love blackout shades, but they really, really are helpful if you have trouble sleeping. And you might also need to try, like on the sound issue, you might need a sound machine or earplugs or a sleep mask. Um, I will reach for earplugs if it's an especially challenging night. Uh, my husband loves a sound machine or a fan. And then the sleep mask is just if you if you guys can't agree on the blackout shades or you don't have that opportunity. So you can try things out and see what works for you, but focus on keeping your bedroom a dark, cool, comfy environment. Clutter and bills, the tax man papers, none of that really should be in your bedroom if possible. The neater and tidier, the better for sleeping. And lastly, and this is my probably my favorite thing in all the world, um, create a bedtime routine that you love. A lot of people ask me about morning routines, but I want to start with evening routines because I think in a good evening routine actually sets you up for a really good morning routine. So before I finish, my, my evening routine starts right when I'm winding down my workday. And before I finish out my workday, every day I delete everything in my downloads folder. Now I do a lot of um, social media content for a client that has a lot of clients. And so I'm constantly downloading things for that. And I don't like those things to be sitting on my computer taking up space. So I delete everything that day in my downloads folder or file it if it's something I need to keep. I also try to get to inbox zero every single day. Uh, that usually works, but Wednesdays are my busier days, so that is a no-go. And I know you're not all inbox zero people. So my recommendation is just make sure to take care of the emails that are like on your mind before you wrap up your workday. Because, you know, a lot of times something needs a, a pretty heady or an emotional response. And you want to make sure that you're in that that's not like weighing on you all night long. That's been something pretty helpful. It's like if something is pinging at me to just respond to, like I need to take the time to do it before I wrap up my day or it's all I can think about afterwards. Um, I also try to take five to 10 minutes to map out what I have going on in the next day. Sometimes that means sending reminders and confirmations and links to people that I'm having on my show or whatever. Um, and then I just reset from the day by taking my dog for a quick walk before dinner my husband and I eat dinner together. I meditate while he makes his lunch for the next day. And then we usually just like chill unless we have a virtual obligation in which I have found that I need to keep those things to a minimum at night because I do have trouble sleeping if I use my computer too much at night. So 
You know how you wouldn't just like plunk your kids into bed right after you wound them all up? You bring them through a a routine every night. You give them a bath. You help them brush their teeth. You tell them a story. You get them water. You sing to them. And then it's lights out. Well, as adults, it's not like we sometimes think, I think that we can just dive bomb right into our bed and then expect to fall asleep, but we also need to wind down at night. And so try, if you can, to create a really simple nighttime routine for yourself to just help cue your body that it's time for rest. It can be so simple, like abysmally simple. Christine in the pop-up group was sharing that she has all these like moisturizing routines and face creams and things like that. Mine is just really, really simple. Um, I brush my teeth. I floss my teeth. I write my journal. Sometimes my journal writing is just a brain dump so that it's not all swirling up in there. And sometimes it's a reflection of my day and a little bit deeper, you know, but then I read for a few minutes and then go to sleep. So your evening routine can be as simple as you want to make it, or it can be your time when you get to go take a bath or when you do your meditation or your yoga. It's whatever works for you. But just giving yourself that routine that your body says, okay, now is the time that we start winding down every single day to get ready for sleep. Again, it all just comes back to like being really kind to yourself, you know? All right, so let's talk about morning routines. I love, love, love my morning routine. I love it so much that I look forward to it the second I get into bed. I'm like, ooh, can't wait till tomorrow morning. Um, And I say that... And while I say that, I can tell you mine, but you need to put some time into creating one that works for you. Are you seeing the theme here? It's all about you. Um, For a while, I didn't have a definite routine or ritual in the morning, especially when I started working from home. It just sort of felt like the world was my oyster all morning and I would just like putz around. And as a result, every day was just like this sort of roller coaster, depending on how I spent my morning. So I might be really overwhelmed heading into my workday. I might feel really good heading into my workday. And there was no common thread. It's just like I just sort of started out where I was. Um, But now I'm a little more intentional. And as I'm deciding what my mornings look like, I've noticed that I start the day from a much more grounded place. And it's like approaching the day from the same starting line rather than some days, you know, you're dangling off a cliff and trying to get back on track that way. So to start, I mapped out an ideal day for myself. And then I went from there. Now, when I created this ideal day, I knew what I wanted basically to be a part of every day. Like for me, I knew that I wanted to make sure there was a time to read, an opportunity for my own writing in some way, education time, entertainment, work time, husband time, exercise, and then free space, which the free space, I will admit that is where I need to get better. Um, But so I also kind of like mapped out realistically, all right, how many hours can I work at a time and how many clients can I work with in one day? I time block my days and I do pretty significant time blocks, um, like pretty lengthy time blocks. So it's really important for me to not fill up my day with too many tasks because I know that I do best when I sit down and focus and finish something start to end. Again, every single person is different. I know a lot of people who like to dip their toes into the water of different projects every day, or they like to have a touch point on all of their clients every day. Um, 
but not necessarily finish anything in one set sprint. And that's just the way that they work. There is actually something called the Pomodoro method, which I think works really well for this kind of person. And that is just like blocking off, I think it's 25 minutes or less. And so you just work in those kind of sprints, which for me, that would drive me nuts. Like I'm just like, put on my concentration music, sit down and I'll finish something in three hours, you know, but it's different for every single person. Um, so in addition to my one ideal day, I also just like, you know, just for myself, I like to know what kind of routine I want to stick to on the weekend, because that's another trap you can get into is like blowing your routine on the weekends and then and making it so completely different that you have a hard time getting back into it every week. And then again, that's just like rewinding you and not having you start at the same starting point, starting line every day. So on the weekends, my days look very similar, although I have way more free time. And then I also have one more uh, weird day, and that's my calls day. I know a lot of you know this, but I book all of my calls and appointments in one day because if I don't, it throws me off when I try to like put them into my productive days. So those are the three days I needed to map out for myself and what those routines look like. And the routine, as I said, it's for the most part always the same. It's just less freedom on the calls day and more freedom on the weekends. Um, it's It can be so simple. Like literally, this is my morning routine. I wake up without an alarm. I drink two big glasses of water when and take my vitamins. I have my coffee and my breakfast. I journal and read, chat with my husband for five, like five minutes before he heads off to work because I wake up way later than he does. And then I do what I call my power hour. And that's my time to organize my day, respond to emails, check notifications on my phone. Um, then I walk my dog, listen to a podcast, a couple podcasts, come back, you know, while I'm getting ready, I listen to the podcast and then I just dive in. And it's nothing extravagant, uh, very, very simple, but every day that sets me up like on the right note. And I really, really look forward to mine. I think that's what I want you to take away is creating a routine that feels really good to you and that you're really, really excited to do every day. Um, It's saying yes to yourself and giving yourself your very best every day because when you do, I think when you really say yes to, you know, whatever your body, mind, heart, soul, all those things want, you, you, you fill yourself up and then you just can't help but bubble forth as your best self for other people too. And now I need a nap because I did a lot of talking. I warned you that that was going to happen, um, but I think we got it all. We got morning to night. We covered self-care in general. We touched on sleep and routines. Um, I want to invite you tomorrow in the VIP group. We actually have a as a piece of the self-care month, we have a functional nutritionist, Sarah Lawrence, coming in, and she's going to be talking about nutrition for everybody. So no one size fits all. This is like those questions that we have that are like, what should I be doing? She's going to help us to answer some of those. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday, March 17th, and you want in, it's not too late. Actually, if you're listening to this on Thursday before noon, it's not too late. Um, You can go to shebuiltthis.org, sign up to be a VIP member, and it will set you in the right direction to join us. I personally will reach out and make sure that you get in for tomorrow's or today's workshop. We have one every month, and the guests that I'm bringing in for these workshops I think alone are worth the 80 cents a day it costs to be a VIP. That's like give or take a couple cents, but 
we really dive deeper into these monthly themes and we connect with each other closer as a community and it's really, really lovely. I love it so much. Um, Next, just to give you an idea of where we're going, next week, Marissa Iman is coming on my show and we're going to be talking about the cyclical nature of our bodies and how we can use that to our advantage in our life and our business. Especially as women, we operate on a 28 day cycle and so our bodies go through natural like ups and downs and energy shifts and we want to talk about how to really use those to our advantage rather than just kind of letting them run us and um just so i can give you general direction for the podcast i've been really really excited about it i'm just loving the feedback that i'm getting from people and I, you know i've been doing this podcast since july of 2019 and i think i'm more excited about it than ever before i have consistently done give or take maybe like two or three times one podcast a week and i've just like i said i've been loving the feedback that i'm getting i've been um, reaching more listeners and people are giving me great ideas. I have some good guests to share with you. And I just want to say that I'm I'm so grateful that you take time out of your day. I know there's so much to listen to and take in and I really appreciate you listening and supporting me. And I love that we get to have a little bit of fun together. That's my hope for us. My mission and vision for this podcast has always been to just like share the ins and outs of all the things we go through as human beings doing this thing of life and work and business ownership. And I'm loving the new mix of people that we have listening. It's very, very exciting. So on that note, I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'd love for you to share any takeaways that you have with me. I hope you are adjusting okay to daylight savings time. I had a little bit of a tough time falling asleep last night, but we're going to get there. We're going to adjust. Um, have a happy Wednesday. And thank you, as always, so much for listening. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.